Welcome to the Ike Packers podcast. Go Pack Go. It's Super Bowl week, but we still care about GB. Go Pack Go. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Please leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. We're IKE underscore Packers on Twitter. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Packers podcast. Snip, snip, or keep. We're diving into players on the Packers roster, as well as making our predictions on who makes the biggest jump from year one to year two. It's Super Bowl week, 49ers Chiefs. Who do you have? Let's hear some predictions. Let's get into today's episode. Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Packers podcast. My name is Alex Ikestead. I'm your host and Packers fans. It is officially Super Bowl week. Las Vegas is the destination. The 49ers versus the Chiefs are the showdown. So we are going to have predictions on that, as well as touching on your favorite team in the world, the Green Bay Packers. What's new? How do we feel about the defensive coordinator a few, you know, a week later? What are some of the draft prospects that we should keep an eye on coming forward and more? So it's going to be a great episode. Buckle up, hit that subscribe button and get ready to text a friend about today's episode that's the number one way to help us grow i'm joined by my co-host kj kj welcome to the podcast how you doing packers fans it's great to be with you all i am doing amazing i just had a phenomenal weekend you know for me there was no football this weekend it was actually a really good weekend i mean i don't really count the pro bowl but it was good you know sometimes when when there you take away that that thing you're used to doing every weekend it's a little weird but it was awesome had a nice little snowboarding trip um, yeah, like Alex said, I'm very excited to dive into some of these juicy topics. I mean, the Super Bowl's coming right up, and for me, I'm very excited because the 49ers are in there, but they seem flawed to me. They seem flawed. It seems to me like the Packers, they make a couple right moves. We could then be in the Super Bowl ourselves. So I'm excited to dive in and have a great show. Let's do it. The biggest move that really is going to impact the Packers this season was done last week if you missed last week's pod on the new defensive coordinator jeff Halfley, the deep dive make sure you go check out that podcast because we give his history and experience a real objective look at who he is what he's about and the scheme he's going to bring to green bay but kj now that you've had a little bit of time to process the move where do you stand today and then i'll give my take about where i stand yeah so so last week you know, it was really interesting because the news broke and no one knew anything about this guy. No one even knew he was in the running. Um, it's pretty obvious this guy didn't really have a ton of interest. He was kind of like a stealth hire. But the word I used was optimistic, right? Because it's the only choice we had. It's the only choice we have is to be optimistic. I mean, I didn't hire the guy. I would have gone in maybe a different direction, but that's water under the bridge at this point. But nonetheless, we did our deep dive, and I chose to be optimistic. I think the word that I'll use this week to describe it, Alex, in Packers Nation, is hopeful. I'm going to switch optimistic to hopeful, and there's a couple of reasons why. Hopeful because... I'm not writing the guy off before he's ever, you know, coached a game for us, right? We got to give him, we got to give him a year to see how it goes. I, I, I refuse to believe, you know, this guy gets like a two, three year leash because we are that close to the Super Bowl. I'm giving the guy a full year, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'm not as optimistic if I truly am honest. Be, and the reason being is because I did a deep dive. You know, like everyone in the media is kind of trying to to cling to this narrative, like this guy's like a surefire hire and he's like the best option out there. And I'm just like. 
are we speaking the same language? Are we looking at the same guy? Because I, I don't think so. Um, nonetheless, I'm going to be hopeful. I'm going to be hopeful this is the right move. And, and certainly I think, you know, the Packers make a couple moves in the draft. We make a couple moves in free agency. Um, you know, maybe our players take another leap forward in their development. And there's no reason why maybe it, could, it couldn't work out, right? Like maybe it will work out. That, that's kind of like my thing is like it, I hope it works out. Um, but I'm, I'm less optimistic. I'm more hopeful. And I think that's the most accurate way I could describe it. If you haven't seen the deep dive, if you haven't listened to the deep dive podcast from last week, if you haven't checked out that big deep dive we put on Ike Packers on X, do your homework, Packers fans. Do your homework. Make sure you are properly informed for the future because, man, everyone else is just cherry picking. If you keep it a buck, you know, we had a couple really interesting meetings uh, last week. I mean, there, there might be some really exciting things in the future for Ike, Ike Packers. Um, and, and let's say in those real conversations, you know, you kind of get a little more uh, to the real talk. And, and the media is not always necessarily the realist, right? Like, and, and I'm seeing this in Packers Nation, um, some of the mainstream Packers media right now. It's a lot of cherry picking going on. It's like, oh, bro, you see this TikTok clip? Oh, bro, you see this cherry picked Ohio State stat from four years ago? It's like, man, I mean, like, I, I have eyes. I can see it. I did my research. I, I looked at it. But the overall picture is how I'm going to judge, and, and that's why I'm going to be hopeful. But I did my homework, and I encourage you to as well, Packers fans. Let us help you do that. Uh, Alex, what about you, man? I feel still as if he is an unknown, Jeff Halfley, yes, because yes. even though we did a deep dive, even though I know pretty much everything that's on the Internet about this guy at this point, Packers fans, I'm sitting here like I still have no clue about how it's going to translate to the NFL. How is he going to do in the green and gold calling the plays? It's it's a bit of a unknown, right? And it reminds me of almost the new Batman movie when they announced that Robert Pattinson was going to be the new Batman following Christian Bale. I was like, hmm, you know, I've heard of him. You know, we'll see how he does. And it turned out pretty good, I would say. And so I'm optimistic as well. I'm with KJ there. Let's see how this pans out. He seems to be an aggressive type defensive coordinator in a nutshell. That is something I like. I want to see a defensive team, the Packers especially, go out there and take the aggression to the opponent. Too often have we been letting teams run all over us, yeah. whether it's you know enforcing their will through their offensive line on our defensive line, whether it's our inability to stop the run. You name it, Cage, we've kind of been the you know team that's getting run over on defense. You know what we've been, bro? You know what we've been? I just watched this, Packers fans. Tell me if you've seen this movie before. I, I just watched the first half of Troy two days ago. An epic movie, you know, based on, on stories, uh, the oldest poem ever written, 5,000 years old. And it's an incredible story, the story of the greatest warrior, Achilles. And it's almost like the Packers are, like, receiving the army on the beach, kind of like the Trojans, right? And Achilles, right before he invades the beach, and if you haven't seen the movie, you got to see it, but it's epic. He turns to his guys, he turns to his squad, just like the Packers defense, for example, just like Jordan Love might say in the huddle. He said, hey, immortality's out there on that beach. Glory's out there on that beach. Take it. It's yours. And then he goes and leads his team, his, his arm, like basically the army and he, they're on the offense. That's kind of like the point here. And, and the aggressiveness is kind of like to add on to Alex's point. And sure enough, they win. Like, they win the battle. 
And, um, you know, they take the beach. And, and so, like Alex says, we, we can't be like the, the reactors here. We got to be the aggressors. And I think that's a big point that I, I want to thank you for bringing up, man. Keep going. I know you had something to add. Here's something else, Packers fans. Now I have seen more images of Jeff Halfley than I've ever seen before in my entire life in this week. And here's one just objective takeaway is he's got a little more crazy in him than Matt LaFleur. Like when I look at Matt LaFleur, I see a nice guy. You know what I'm saying? Like even 100%. when Matt LaFleur's mad, you're like, oh, you know, he's a nice guy. You know, he's like, how mad can he get, right? But Jeff yeah, Halfley man. looks like he's got a little bit of psycho in him in a, in a little bit of a way. And maybe I'm off the beat on that one, Packers fans. Let us know what you think. But I think that plays on the defensive coordinator position. Joe Barry yes. as well was not really the, 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 the mean, you know, angry, psycho-looking defensive coordinator that you may need at this level. The wild card. Yeah, Zach Orr, he had that in him for sure, right? You know, you kind of need to have that fear that when your unit's going out there, when you're running out of the tunnel with your unit, the other offense is wondering if this is going to be a long day. And I just don't think many quarterbacks, when they were facing Green Bay, were feeling that way, Cage, objectively. I think they were coming into Green Bay thinking, okay, maybe there's some talent there. There's Jair Alexander, of course. Uh, Rashawn Gary, we can you know keep an eye on him, but I, I don't know if, if he's as dangerous as they make him out to be in the media. And then we can take these guys, right? Quay Walker, he's probably the scariest guy on that team. But now Jeff Halfley and his aggressive scheme has teams wondering, one, who is this guy and what is he going to call? But two, is this Green Bay's Packers team a little more scary than last year? Well, and my answer would be yes. So I feel quite good about that. What are your thoughts yeah. there, Cage? Well, you know what you're reminding me of, man? When the Vikings invaded England, right? Like these these normal like nights were like seeing the Vikings, like they're looking like crazy mother effers. You know, they're like, holy cow, I haven't seen anything like this ever. And a little crazy can be good. <laughs> well, well, it's just like yeah, you know, exactly. Th- th- that that implies fear, and that's kind of like you you don't know what you're gonna get. It could be the unknown. It could be like a psycho that that could be like powerful. Like, and the Packers are gonna need some of that because we didn't really inspire much fear with our defense in the last multiple decades, frankly. And no. uh, if, if if like Alex says, if we can bring a little bit of that to uh, this Green Bay defense, um, I think it's a plus for us. Um, like I said, I'm hopeful. Alex is optimistic. I think that's the two words we are going to use. But once again, I think the action item here for you Packers fans, if you haven't done your homework yet, make sure you do your homework. The, the one way to do that is listen to last week's pod, listen to last week's like Packers podcast or hit Ike Packers on X. We got a great breakdown. You might have to scroll back a little bit, but it's not too far. You'll see it. It's in, it's within the last week. Um, yeah, Alex, uh, let, let's hit, let's hit a few other topics. Next topic. I want to bring up Packers fans. 69. David Bakhtiari. 69. David Bakhtiari. The question has been raised. One, KJ, would you want him to remain in Green Bay? And two, if he does, would you expect him to take a pay cut? And and just answer those two questions before we get into some (laughs) other questions about 69. I think what you're asking me, really, Alex, I think what Alex is really trying to say here, Packers fans, is snip, snip, or keep. <laughs> and uh, I got to be honest, brother, I'm a snip, snip. And um, I think the Packers ended up cutting David Bakhtiari. Gutenkunz came out last week. He said in his press conference, his exact words were, 
David Bakhtiari is a long way away. And it's like, dude, what is this guy doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, you've been a long way away for, like, years and years now. And you're making... You're making five mil tweets. plus. <laughs> no, you make like I don't care about that, man. It's just like you're making too much money. You know that's the bottom line. Like the tweets, take that aside. We're adults, right? Like I know you're an adult, but like enough with the tweets. It's the money. You know, no one would be feeling like he'd be back if he was on a reasonable deal. So that leads us to the pay cut thing, real quick. I'm a snip, snip because I want the Packers to be able to put this money into the defense. Uh, what about you? Or Saquon Barkley. You know, I'm on the Saquon train. Bring Saquon to Green Bay. You heard it here first. Alex, are you a snip snip or a keep? And then we can get into pay talk, uh, paycheck talk and then maybe like or, uh, pay cut talk. And then maybe if he's worth even a draft pick at all. Like, let me know what you think. Where I stand on this, Packers fans, is simple answer. I'm not hopeful. I'm not Dude, hopeful. I think snip, the Packers are going to cut. I'm, I think they're snip snip. And I think that's about a 90% chance that the Packers cut David Bakhtiar because they know more than any other franchise knows about his status. And if there's a slim chance that David Bakhtiari does not get cut and he's brought back because the one five or 10% chance you would bring him back is solely because he plays left tackle and he's pretty good when he's healthy because i'm not falling for that again brother i'm not no no no, but but here's why you bring him back let me get into my point packers fans is you could structure a deal where if you trade him and he doesn't play over 50 percent of the snaps it's a free trade you unload the contract to some team but if he plays more than 50 percent of the snaps eight games for some roster in the nfl I think you could get some type of fifth round pick compensation for a left tackle of his quality. And I, am I crazy for thinking that's on the table still cage? I think it's about a 10% chance. What do you say to that? You know, I, I was thinking in my head, like we're not getting anything for this guy. He's damaged goods. And, and that's being kind. Like, it's like, if you ever seen that one movie with Will Ferrell, it's like a lot of people even said trade him for a washing machine, you know? And, and that's what they're referencing. And, and Man, I have to admit, like, that's the amount of value he's kind of given us lately um, relative to how much we're paying him. He's a complete negative right now on on the balance sheet. And uh, I would say, like, in my mind, it was like a fourth round pick. If if you're, like, talking like an all things considered thing, I think a counterpoint is, like, not a single soul, not a single team would take on 26 mil. Like, I I think the contract has to go bye bye. And that's why uh, it's either going to be snip, snip or keep. Um, I think it's going to be snip, snip relative, uh, you know, over a trade. I just don't think a trade is going to happen. It's fun to kind of discuss value, but I would almost be like, bro, 90% pay cut. If you want to come back, you know, you've been stealing money from us for multiple years. Now you've been so overpaid for multiple years now, and you provide minimum value for this locker room and this, uh, you know, organization for multiple years now, relative to the money you're making one year, $2.6 $2.6 million deal, or we're snip snipping you. Goodbye, good riddance, as Juice World would say. Um, what do you think, man? I believe they're going to wash their hands clean, right? Like, it's just one of those moments where you don't even care if he comes back on a $2.6 I don't. million deal I don't. either, yeah. right? Like, like, you're just like, look, we're turning the page, you know? Yeah. I, I, it doesn't matter if you offer me a discount at this point. You know, Pat, yeah, maybe yeah. you've been at a restaurant in your life where you've gotten such, you know, disrespected service and just not the truth. You know, you were told that this was going to be some fantastic meal. Next thing you know, you're waiting super long for it. It comes out. 
it's completely not what it's you thought it was going to be after a long wait like we did for David Bakhtiari to return the to the bill's field. Wrong. The bill's wrong. The bill's Overcharge high. Her. And to make matters worse, you're seeing signs of, oh, it doesn't seem like he really wants to work back to like the they level. Care. He, yeah, you know, like and so been there, you're like, disgusting. look, I, I don't even care at this point. I'm out of here. here. I'm out of here. And I one think that's thing. where Green Bay stands on Bakhtiari. One uh, last thing on 6 9. Yeah, one last, last thing on 6 9. Some, one of our fans, and, and I want to thank Packers Nation for writing in because you guys and girls are incredibly smart. This is the best Packers community on the internet, on the planet, I would argue. Uh, make sure you, you tell us, tell a friend about this community, get them involved, get them tweeting, get them putting out their takes, get them listening to the show. But one last thing on 69, one of our fans brought up a great pattern. The Packers two years ago moved on from an all-pro player in Corey Lindsley, our center. Last year we moved on from an – or maybe that was a four – three years ago then we moved on from Devonte adams another all pro player then last year we moved on from another all pro player aaron Rodgers. so there's a three-year uh trajectory sample size pattern right now and i think the pack are going to continue that trend but i think we're going to be moving on from another former all pro and david bakhtiari so that's the last thing i got to say about that uh what's next on the docket Okay, Packers fans, there were a lot of talented first-year receivers and pass catchers on this team taken in last year's draft. Notably, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Tucker Craft, Luke Musgrave. And if we're looking at year one, it's always easier to say A, A grade, a grade because you're you're looking at the potential for these Your players in their on the career, floor. right? Yeah. The expectations on the floor. You're like coming and contribute, right? But year two is a little different because you got to see what they could do year one, put up some stats, how they impacted the game. So year two, that's the minimum. That's the new floor, right? And so my question to you, KJ, is between those four guys I listed off, which one do you think makes the biggest jump from year one? to year two based on those new expectations well i got i got it i'm gonna tell you who it's not gonna be um you, you said it was uh i don't think it's gonna be musgrave i don't think it's gonna be musgrave i think it's a two-horse race between tucker craft and also dontavian wicks and here's why bro that's exactly it i'm looking at the why Packers fans i'm looking for the root cause of why someone may or may not ball and with Tucker Kraft, he's playing for his dad. That is a very, very, very strong root cause. Uh, you know, he's got something to prove, man. This guy wears something on his shoulder. And then Dentavian Wicks, you know, he's going through a lot of adversity. And I'm talking, like, murderous adversity, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, maybe don't bring it up on the pod right now. But it's like he's going through a lot of adversity himself. And that's something to play for, too. He just got that dog in him, bro. Just like Tucker Kraft does. I don't see that same dog in Luke Musgrave, despite how talented he is. He's slippery. You know, like the Migos said that one song, Slippery. Um, that's kind of Luke Musgrave. He's, He's going to get sli- yards. He's slippery in the coverage, but the dude, like, falls over no matter what. And Mike, Matt LaFleur even alluded to that. Um, so I'd like to see him improve on that. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, in which case I'll be extremely pleased. This isn't, like, some super end-of-the-world, like, hard, hard, like, you know, line in the sand on this. Just, like, good banter for the Packers. I believe it's going to be Tucker Craft uh, in the tight end room and, and Dontavian Wicks in the wide receiver room. And, uh, like, Jaden Reed, I'm big I'm big on him too, man. But I, I think Wicks is something special. Um, anything to add, agree or disagree yourself, maybe? 
one th- way I feel about Musgrave is he oozes raw talent. I think of the four players I listed, he's got he's has the most raw talent. He's yeah. got natural ability. He's a rookie out there, and he's getting wide open, Cage, after yeah. missing games, right? Like, he knows how to get open, and if he can stay healthy, he will get yards. That's a big if, if he can stay healthy. I don't know if Luke Musgrave has the body or the physicality to last long in the NFL. I hope he does, Packers fans. I hope he does. But because of that, I think Tucker Craft has a strong chance of getting 10 touchdowns next season. Is that Fantasy land, let us know what you think. Ten touchdowns for Tucker Craft, yes or no. I think he could become that new red zone target for Jordan Love. I know he loves to spread the ball around. I know Romeo Dobbs is that guy currently. And he's the name that I actually, if I had to put money on it, I would say is going to grow the most Romeo. in comparison to this year is going to be Romeo Dobbs. And here's why, Packers fans. Again, he is the most least talked about Green Bay yeah, Packers pass yeah. catcher. Everyone's you, sleeping. Everyone sleeps on this dude. And he did it not only year one, he did it year two. He's always looked good in training camp. He's always been about his business, his work, and I think all of that is a pretty good trend for that Romeo Dobbs is going to break out next season as a 1,000-yard receiver, be that guy for Green Bay. I, I would put you know predictions that Jaden Reed is going to do about similar numbers. That's what I think he's going to be doing in year two. Teams are going to start to focus like on him. Yeah. yeah, you know, some I mean, rushing be elite, yards. Be elite, yeah, yeah. I think it's good because he's a star weapon, right? A he's a star role. in the role. And I think Dontavian Wicks is going to have an increase, but where I stand is that Romeo Dobbs is that guy he is that dude and we saw it in the playoffs I know I saw it in the playoffs people think that it's always going to be a rookie but no what about the year the jumps from year two to year three those like compound interests are even further KJ Packers fans is a few years older than me and so his jumps you know are at a higher percentage, right? And so I think you you put that same strategy to a man like Don, Romeo Dobbs. He's been in the league at this point. He knows his routines. Effect. It's going to work out well for him. I hope that, you know, it works out great for Dontavian Wicks. I think he's, he's a guy. He's going to be another great pass catcher. But I am not going to put those expectations on the Tay train yet. I, I don't know if he's the Tay yet. I, lean I never towards, said he was Tay. Yeah. I lean towards 87. I like like the 87 and so Packers fans let us know who you think is one guy who I think is not going to and this is just maybe the whole mm. car whole cold <laughs> truth is Mr. C.W. Oh, Hammock sleeping Watson because Cage dang. we look back one season ago and Packers fans if you missed this episode go listen to the infamous boat party podcast episode I think you could find it that's what it's titled or something similar Christian Watson was passed out in the hammock. Just a bad omen. It's a bad a, sign. <laughs> just a bad sign. And and that I'm saying like like here's the deal. Like we've all been there, right? But like, you know, it's one thing if you have a little trouble like handling your your responsibility, but like don't be that guy. You know what I'm don't saying? Be like, don't guy be the guy who has it come out on the internet. Don't, right? don't be we, the guy who's passed out. Yeah, don't be the professional athlete who's passed out in the hammock because we all know why. But I'm not going to single them out for that, man. I actually made a bet on someone. They were a very passionate 
determined to prove me wrong. They were very passionate to, like, say, I'm right, you're wrong. Uh, and, like, this is funny, Pakistanis, because it happens a lot. I said, hey, let's put the money where the mouth is. I don't even bet on sports, but I'll bet you on this. I bet him 20 bucks that Romeo Dobbs is going to outperform Christian Watts in the next two years. And I'm a fan of Christian Watts. I'm a fan of Romeo Dobbs, too. I'm a fan of the Packers. I bleed green and gold. But it's like... That's where I bet my money. You know, it's going to be on Romeo, and I would love for Christian Watson to kind of uh, just come back and, like, step up, bro. Yeah, like, step up, man. He's got the most raw ability of any of our receivers. Like, it's pretty easy to see it. And the, the the production is just like leaps and bounds far away. And and I hope he proves, he proves me wrong, and I would be happy to give that 20 bucks to this person. Um, yeah, man, uh, let's keep hitting. I know we want to talk about some senior Next prospects. Do, do you have any any other juicy topics for us? Which Packers defensive lineman makes the biggest jump from year one to year two cage? Carl's Brooks, Lucas Van Ness, Colby Wooden. Who do you got? Let's touch on this quick. The D line slash out Wooden right now. Okay, it ain't going to be him. I think Brooks is the dark horse. But honestly, man, Van Ness has just got so much ability. It just. It's like in terms of the defense, like who's got the most natural ability, I would say like you could either argue Quay or you could either argue Lucas Van Ness. I would say like even though Gary's kind of managed to get a few more sacks, like Gary's underperformed as well. But like I would argue Lucas Van Ness might have the most upside of anyone on D. Um, And Jair Alexander is a different player. He's a cornerback. He's obviously an all pro as well when he wants to be. We'll talk about some cornerback prospects in a sec. But. Man, I think Lucas Van Ness is the easy choice here. I wouldn't be, like. What do you have? Like four, four and a half sacks. I won't be surprised if he doubles that to eight, nine sacks this year. And then I'm going Gary, with Van like, Ness as well. Gary's got to get double digit sacks, man. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Just want to put that in there because, like, if Lucas Van Ness out sacks Gary and Gary's on the massive deal, yikes! That is not good. I'm going with Van Ness because Carl Brooks had a like phenomenal Brooks. first season, rookie season for his expectations. And now he's not going to be such a unknown anymore. Lucas Van Ness is physically more dominant. That's where I think he is. He's he's going to be he's Herculean. learning more moves. He's Herculean, right? That's his nickname, Hercules. And sometimes you just can't stop a dude that big and that athletic. And I think he's young. That was one of the pluses of drafting him. He was always efficient in his snap counts at Iowa in Green Bay. You saw that same trend continue. Yep. And I believe as Playmaker. he gets more snaps with this new 4-3 scheme, we're going to see Lucas Van Ness not only stopping the run, that's where I think he's really going to make a lot of difference is as a run stopper, but also getting those sacks and finishing plays. He knows how to finish yeah. plays. I saw that year one from him, and I'm excited to see that in year two. Let's move on, Let's talk a little bit about the NFL draft that's coming up because Packers fans, that's only two months away. It's going to be here sooner than you you think, and it's going to be absolute euphoria with all the picks the Packers have, the extra second round pick, the extra third round pick. I mean, days one and two are going to be a spectacle. Make sure you're with us for those. We love our draft coverage and Packers fans, a lot of you provide great draft insights. So well, make one, sure you're commenting thing, your thoughts on thing. who you want. But well, yeah, Cage, go ahead. Well, we predicted Lucas Van Ness on Amazon Prime like like last year. So they they said, hey, we got a mock. These are the players on the board. We said Lucas Van Ness. Sure enough, he went to the pack. Two years ago, we were the ones who predicted Christian Watson the pack. Um, we thought they might have taken him in the 20s, like 28, with one of our first-round picks. Sure enough, they traded up, got him at 33, right? So... Uh, 
very, very, very close, very accurate there. I mean, there's been other examples. We kind of had a hunch the pack. Jordan Love. Jordan Love, yeah, back in the day. I don't want to say we predicted that one. We definitely had a hunch, and we put out some content on Ike Packers because of that. And trust me, if you've been on Packers Twitter during Prime Rodgers era, like, you weren't allowed to even say that. You know, like, Packers Nation would try and cancel you. We don't get canceled by anyone. It makes things super fun. But just even putting out the op- like the possibility the Packers might draft a QB would be enough to get the mob after you. And uh, we, we put out some content, you know, and um, yeah, man. So, so, so these, basically my point is like th- no one can bat a thousand, but but this, you know, we've kind of had these uh, these hunches lately and they've been pretty accurate, to be honest. And it's worth checking out, you know, stay tuned to this draft coverage. But Senior Bowl just happened. I know the pack, you know, new defensive coordinator, probably targeting some players in the secondary um, I know Cooper DeGene is definitely uh, one of those guys who's got a wide draft range, but he fills a lot of roles. I know he's been mocked to the Packers. And I know there's a gentleman from, I believe he's Toledo, Alex. Maybe you could kind of fill us in a little about this guy. I know he was one of the standouts in the Senior Bowl. I think I put a nice little tweet on Ike Packers if you want to scroll back a sec. Um, what do you think, man? Cooper DeGene, this other guy, like you said, we've got one in the first, two in the second, two in the third. Goots kind of alluded to the fact they might maneuver a bit more this year. Uh, what are you seeing out of those guys or even maybe some of the general senior bowl Are, are you talking Packers? about Quinyan Mitchell? Uh, that is the guy. Quinyan Mitchell. Don't sleep on Quinyan. Quinyan has the production. He's got the athletic ability. Sounds the a little tape, bit like Don Tavian. The, la- the tape looks good, and I like where you're going with that, my friend. Uh, what do you think? Well, he was called the best defensive player out there on either team at the Senior Bowl. He made plays. He was locked down. He was very much more of a Jair Alexander glue-type cornerback. On the flip side, Washington State's Charles Smith Wade, he had two huge interceptions, almost taking one to the house in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, uh, of the Senior Bowl, excuse me. And that always stands out too, right? If you're making plays, jumping passes, that's a rare trade especially in big big moments against your competition when everyone's trying to earn their you know keep at the next level no one's out there dogging it in the senior bowl because they're all trying to shine and improve their draft stock but cage here is my hot take packers fans and maybe some of you will totally disagree with me on this and and this is just where i stand is that i have no interest in drafting a cornerback or safety with our first round pick because we saw Carrington Valentine, a seventh round pick, ball out and easily suffice when you needed him. I yep. go pass rusher again if I'm going defense at all or maybe another linebacker. Cage, am I crazy for saying that? Are you going secondary? Where do you stand today? You know, brother, I'm actually right there with you. I was having this thought myself. I was wrestling with it myself. I think you got to keep big, gripping those big uh, big body like pass rushers in the first round. Like Alex kind of made a great point. You can find defensive backs all over the place. Like you really Sam can. Sam Shields. Sam Shields is undrafted. You know, like Jim Leonard played 10 years in the league. He was undrafted. And those are just two examples. So I don't want people to think, Oh, 
Ike, Ike Packer said this. Yeah, Micah Hyde's another Rizul great Douglas. example. Rizul Douglas, another great example. You can find those guys. It wouldn't shock me if the Pack do go DB in the first round simply because that's what our new defensive coordinator wants. He's got to take care of Eric Stokes. Like, that guy's first job should be to talk to Eric Stokes and get him right because that guy's got a world of athleticism. But I agree with Alex. I think if you can get one of these like guys, like maybe like an early name, I'm, I'm not holding myself to any of this, but like Latu, you know, like he's a guy who might slip a little bit. I don't think Dallas Turner from Alabama has fallen to us. Uh, but it looks like some based upon some some intel I've been seeing is that this Latu guy might be available. We might be in the range for him. Uh, he was like the best pass rusher from UCLA or excuse me, best pass rusher in the nation this year. Um, he played at UCLA. I think he like led the nation in pressures. And um, also we had like nine or 13 sacks. He had like a bunch of sacks too. So I'm because, you know, I'm big on sacks, Packers fans. Like Alex said, you got to finish the play. But I think you got it like pass rushers. You don't really find them in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Like they're either usually in the first round or the second round. And like very, very, very seldom when you find one somewhere else. Uh, I think you got to go pass rusher, edge rusher. I would love to have an elite linebacker maybe in round two round, you know, even you gotta you gotta keep an open mind, but you gotta drop the killer in the first round, brother. What do you think? The guy I want, and I've said this, Packers fans, on the pod, he's gonna have to switch his number from number four, but Illinois Jerzon Newton. Yes, I'd like he that. He is a man child. Johnny Newton saw him play against Wisconsin and just absolutely wreck the game. He wrecks and they get ejected for a hard hit that on was some BS. Uh, with some BS and I'm like that's the guy I want on this roster right like he's a game wrecker a game changer and I'm not so big believer in Latu Cage I haven't seen him play you know, like I that. don't I don't like the fact he's at UCLA it's a little bit of a soft program I'm just keeping it real with Packers fans like if this guy was on like a like an SEC team or something like you know what team produces amazing talent Packers fans is South Carolina They've got a guy who's projected second round, Xavier Legit. Um, this guy's, I mean, his, me- legit. <laughs> his measurables are insane. He's an absolute dog. You know, South Carolina is kind of like the, a middling, lower middling SEC squad that puts talent in the NFL. I mean, Debo Samuel, Keyshawn Nixon, to name a few. Uh, Packers don't exactly need receivers, but like if you draft Xavier legit in the f- second round and just keep that covered stock, like this guy looks like he could be a future number one. Um, but but yeah, like UCLA doesn't really inspire confidence in me. That's a knock on Latu. I think Latu's got great stats and certainly great ability. He's not. Is he a sure thing? Absolutely not. Pass rushers very rarely are. I don't think you could really argue any of them are. Maybe besides uh, the guy that went to the Texans, Will Anderson, but. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't mind what, what you just suggested. Jerzon Newton is a he is a like plug and play guy. Trust me, you you, yeah. you get another guy like him on the D line. It yeah. doesn't matter who you have back there at in the secondary. They become ball hawks because the quarterback's throwing it with his eyes blind. He doesn't know where he's throwing. It. He just has to get rid of the football. Yeah. Take away time in the pocket for opposing quarterbacks. That's how you get plays in the secondary. I trust in Jair's ability and you know the new defensive coordinator's ability to work with less. That's why we brought him in. We didn't bring him in to all of a sudden give regress, him more yeah. talent and then regress and then use another first round pick and a guy like Eric Stokes and have him bust. It's like, I've already seen enough. I've seen enough in the secondary to know I wouldn't be drafting there in the first round Packers fans. You write us in, let us know what you think. Moving on. Final question before we get to Super Bowl talk, AJ Dillon. 
Are you making the call to bring him back, Cage, or are you letting him walk? Where do you stand on AJ Dillon 28 today? Mm, I like the role Big Legs Dillon plays, and I have met him. He's a nice guy. Uh, he's good for the locker room. You know, Green Bay loves him. Door County loves him. I think Wisconsin generally likes this guy. I mean, a lot of Wisconsin may may not like this guy because only because his play on the field it has nothing to do with him as a person. His play has been lacking. I think that's um. There's no beating around the bush on that. He's he's definitely lacking the three and a half yards per carry. I can't defend that. You won't hear me defending that. Of course not, Pakistan's. We got to keep it real, right? However, hear me out, Alex. One year, two million or less you know like aj man you know you serve a role here like meaning you're the bruiser you're like the alternate but if you ain't coming back for a fair deal like that we got to go and get a saquon barkley we got to maybe look at i don't know if jamal williams what his status is i know him and aaron jones certainly played very well together when they were on the packers jamal williams maybe you, you remember jay swag daddy i think that's his twitter handle don't quote me on that jay swag but um yeah, man. I mean, there's just so many alternatives out there. Like, I like AJ Dillon. I see a role for him, but the play has got to get better. Bottom Here's line. Here's an idea. Yeah. And, Cage, you actually proposed this idea months, maybe even a year or two back. And, Packers fans, I'm going to put this on your radar. You sign AJ Dillon and have him play full back. Ooh, I Here's why. Here's why. He's a great pass blocker he's the type of running back you could put in and have him pick up someone big running through on jordan love two he's good at catching the ball generally like aj dylan's got better hands than i than i would expect right i got to give him credit there he's got soft hands for a big guy but where he really lacks and that's no you know diss on him it's just the stats it's his yards per carry. He, he doesn't really deserve a ton of carries based no. on the 3.5 average. And if you put him at fullback and say you lose Aaron Jones to injury, you lose a rookie running back to injury or, you know, someone off this, you know, you get a second running back. A.J. Dillon's looking pretty good as your fallback third option when this season it was Emmanuel Wilson or someone else. Right. So Packers fans, that is where I would call him. I'd say, hey, A.J., you can go test your market in the free agency as a running back i don't think it's going to go well for you i think you're going to be without a phone call from other teams meanwhile i think you should come back to green bay on a cheap deal and play the full back position and, and replace josiah deguara enough of the snip, deguara snip snip, 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 snip yeah. deguara easiest, let's put dylan there easiest snip snip of of the offseason is josiah deguara um and that's saying something with bach on the roster but yeah i mean like alex made a great point i thank you for bringing that up alex like, he doesn't have to give up running back. It's like, dude, you could just be a hybrid. And imagine A.J. Dillon coming at you through the hole, and you got to get take care of him before you get Aaron Jones. Like, that would result in yards. You know what I'm saying? Like, that equation yeah. is a very – like, A.J. Dillon DeGuara. block. DeGuara, man, is just not even worth wasting our breath on. And, like, it's just a sad reality. I know here, – here's what I'm going to say, too, because I know that a couple mocks out there have had Texas's running back mock to the Packers in the second round. So I want, I want to be wary about that because we tried a second-round running back with A.J. Dillon. It was a waste of draft capital. You can find running backs anywhere. Aaron Jones is like a fifth, sixth-round pick. Jamal Williams is like a fifth, sixth-round pick. 
And uh, a lot of talented running backs throughout the NFL are like a fifth, sixth round pick. And using a second round pick, a juicy second round pick on a running back, is like the equivalent of if you get, you know, like I a stimmy check. check. Well, it's like the... you, if you, if you like get a stimmy check and you just blow it on some nonsense, man. You know, like like you could use your capital allocation better than than a running back in the second round. You know, to go pass rusher round one, go DB in round one, go a premium position in round two. Well, you oh, still can. Like even we're talking about this this legit guy from South Carolina. He's a beast. He's a guy I do want, even though we have a position of strength there. But I agree with you, man. Like it's just irresponsible if we. I Let's don't know. Learn from like the there's best. solutions. Let's yeah, there's learn solutions. from the Chiefs who selected Isaiah Pacheco from Rutgers with the 251st pick in the seventh round, and now this is their starting running back in the Super Bowl. Cage. Meanwhile, they drafted Edwards Hilaire, and where is he? Right, like. I think he was snip snipped. <laughs> I think he was snip snipped too. I think he's on a different roster at this point. And Packers fans, that's what I'm saying is like Andy Reid, let's not forget, started in Green Bay in 1992, a part of the Mike Holmgren staff. And a lot of people don't know, but Holmgren, I think, should be in the Hall of Fame because he never had a season where he won less than yeah. nine games. All he right. won a Super different Bowl. Show. Different show. And yeah. Cage. I mean, he he brought guys like Andy Reid on his staff, and now they're in the Super Bowl. Andy Reid's going to be going to his fifth Super yeah, Bowl. Good segue. Yep. Do you do you think he's gonna you think he's gonna win this one, or where do you stand? You know, Packers fans, this is a tough one. Just to wrap up the show, we're going to give our Super Bowl predictions. This is a tough one because I really despise both these teams. I don't like them at all. I really dislike the 49ers for obvious reasons. They're playing the victim. That really is annoying to me. Um, because they're stacked and like, I don't think anyone feels like they are an underdog. Like these people were favored all year. And then there's the chiefs who are very difficult to like for obvious reasons as well. Um, you know, maybe because they've done a lot of winning and maybe because a certain something surrounding the team, uh, you know, I think the chiefs are going to win this one. I think Andy Reid's going to win this one. And that's going to be very, very interesting because I said, I think that that Super Bowl spot in the NFC is obtainable in the beginning of the show. If the Chiefs can take care of biz and knock off the 49ers, it opens up the can of worms. It opens up the floodgates that 49ers Nation is going to be talking about. Is Brock Purdy the guy? And there's going to be doubt, and I think that's going to be his downfall. And, uh, yeah, man, I think the Chiefs got this. What about you? I'm going with the Chiefs as well because I think they have the best player right now i think the mvp Addy. in the league is Travis right, kelsey. kelsey yeah i think kelsey is showing he's the best player in the league you know sometimes it's like Dwayne wade lebron right this is this is the time where kelsey's getting his his year this is his year cage you know mahomes is carried on the bum ankle he's carried now we're gonna see kelsey do work i expect some Gronk type numbers two touchdowns for him in the super bowl packers fans let us know who you have winning it i want to thank everybody for tuning into this week's episode if you like today's show please leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts and spotify that's the number one way to help us grow texting it to another friend or packers fan Spread the good word. Let them know that Ike Packers is the number one growing community on the internet for Packers talk, for Packers football. Get your takes in on X because they're all welcome, like KJ said. We'll be here with you next week. Should be a fun weekend. Super Bowl. Enjoy it with your family, with your friends, whoever you're watching it with. And as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go forever. enjoyed this episode of the Ike Packers podcast and want to help the show please subscribe tell a friend 
and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is how we can continue to give great value to you. As always, till next time, Packers fans. Go go. Feel the way